Hi, welcome to A Journey Through Into Awareness. I'm Dr. George Andow. Thank you for joining us tonight. And we have another incredible human being here with us tonight, a wonderful man. I'm excited to share him with you and to hear more myself. So I know that those of you that have listened, um, hope you enjoy the shows. And I know that you've heard me say that we don't see things as they are, that we see things as we are. And that is such an incredible fact, truth, reality. Um, and I hope that you ponder that, pray over that, to come to your own understanding of that and not just take my word for it. That statement actually comes from the Talmud, a very uh, old, uh, antiquated uh, um, piece of um, Hebrew writings. And I didn't know that until recently. So my guest tonight lives so much of what I speak of on here. Just really a wonderful man. And not only is he a terrific human being, but Hans is a well-renowned author. He comes from Germany. He's been in the States for a very long time. He's a German-American writer of children's books predominantly. And he's a mystic. He uh, has been awarded uh, many times for his writings and illustrated over uh, 200 books, uh, an artist, among many other things. So I'd like to introduce him to you tonight, Hans Wilhelm. Hi, Hans. Thank you for saying yes. Hi, John. I'm delighted. I'm honored to be on your show. I'm delighted to speak to, <clears throat> with you and to your audience. Yes, it's wonderful. I'm so grateful you said yes. So um, do you mind sharing with us how you came to the depth of your work as a mystic? Oh, I think when I was very young already, I just, just knew that the answers I could not find in the established church organizations, there must have been more to it. So I tried to explore at that time that was well before the internet and Google. So I just uh, found it in books and so on. And I, but the very first thing I actually got involved in it was transcendental meditation, which I don't practice today anymore, but it did give me a major boost of self-confidence, which I had. So when I was 19 in Germany, I suddenly decided I wanted to leave and went to Africa. And there in Africa, I, um, uh, got in contact with all the teachings of Edgar Casey, who was an American, of course, but there was an Edgar Casey organization. And for the first time, I heard about reincarnation and that Christ taught reincarnation. And suddenly everything, which were big question marks in my life, suddenly a lot of stuff made sense. And I stayed with this and many other paths over the years. So for the last 50 plus years, I have been busy studying all the spiritual paths as, uh, as they are offered and very intensely. And particularly in the last 30 years, I've stayed on one particularly one. Um, and I try to imply this knowledge because just barely knowing it doesn't really do anything. But I just uh, uh, kept it to myself for the most part. And then it happened actually some years ago when my father was dying and um, we children were around him in the last few days. He was alive and he was still conscious there. And I know my father did not believe in life after death. He was a soldier in the German army. And was in Russia and he saw a lot of dead people and he said, once it's over, it's over. And that he was fine with that. So when he was lying there and it was my turn to be with him, I said, well, dad, I just know we both have different opinions and I may be wrong, but just in case life continues after death, these are the things which probably will take place. So don't be surprised if by any chance you might be still alive after you have physical death and this is what will happen. Anyway, I totally forgot about that. It was only several years later, during a book signing of uh, a medium here in Connecticut here, 
that person came up to me I've never met before and he says, oh, your father just came in and he wanted to thank you for having told him exactly what was to expect uh, on the other side. He says, it was all true what you said and it was so grateful because he is now working at the uh, station where they receive the, the newly arriving souls and he sees of how many souls are totally confused and to have no idea that they're even dead. And he says, would I please write books about this, what I know, and so on. At, uh, at the time, I, I, uh, so I took it all in. He said a lot of other personal things, so I knew it was my father. But I wasn't going to write more books about this because uh, books on the subjects are not really big sellers. He says, I remembered my own time when I was young, and I wanted to have answers. So I thought, I'm going to address young people. So I decided to make videos, very short videos, five to ten minutes long, in these videos, I illustrate of how these spiritual laws are working. I can tell you, for instance, if we do something harmful, that will be stored in my body, in my soul, in the soul of the person, in the Akashic Records, and the stars from where it comes back. That was far too fast, and nobody knows what I was talking about. But when you carefully see in the video, as I draw it, that this is a person, this is me, this is my soul, my, my negative action is stored in my soul, in my body, in the soul of the person whom I'm harming, then the Akashic records which surround our planet, as well as in the repository planets and stars, which uh, store our karma, and from where it eventually will return back to us. Now, when you see this, it makes total sense. And I do this with all the spiritual laws as we know them and as we understand them. I draw them out. So I'm not speaking about them, but they visually show them how everything connects. And when you see how reincarnation works, how karma works, how life before birth is, how life after birth, uh, after our death is and what happens, um, and you see this visually illustrated, it makes so much sense, and that's why I think I'm so, so not not really surprised at the popularity of my channel. And anybody who's interested can just go to YouTube and punch in my name, Hans Wilhelm, and yes. there the channel will come up. So that's yes. what I've been doing, and I wasn't going to uh, share my spiritual slow <laughs> involvement here over the years and over decades, but my father basically pushed me into the uh, public light. <laughs> good, good for all of us. Yes, you have a great uh, um, website, um, lifeexplained.com, mm -hmm. lifeexplained.com. And it is uh, Hans's uh, drawings along with the spiritual um, theories, the different truths that he's speaking of here on our show today. Um, yeah, just fantastic. I've looked at some of them and I just love them. Um, it's funny you should say Edgar Casey because I studied at the Edgar Casey Institute in 1972. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm an old girl <laughs> um, back then. And, uh, and I worked with his castor oil packs and, you know, that he was one of the first that really came out speaking about that he saw uh, he was able to see when people were going to die. He was on an elevator and the doors opened and he saw a woman in the elevator and could feel that the elevator was going to go down. He mm. tried to warn them, didn't get on the elevator, and it did, in fact, happen. Yeah. That's so, a, um, yeah. That's a curse. That's a curse more than a gift. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't disagree with you. Um, yes. He lived to be an old, ripe age also, right? Yes, he did, in spite of yeah. his heavy smoking. Living, living here, an old ripe age, right? So you mentioned before about Christ and um, uh, past lives, re no, reincarnation. Yes. And that's one of the things I loved about you is that you did embrace the Christ, because I embrace the Christ. And I try to explain that Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ represents, you know, all of creation. And scripture talks about that. It really is so much, very, very much included in the Bible. And people are really turned off to that, which I wish for many reasons of my own that they weren't. But can you talk a little bit about what you mean when you talk about Jesus reincarnating? 
No, Jesus not reincarnating. Jesus taught reincarnation very clearly. And it's, uh, it wasn't the church who took it out. It was a, an emperor. And the Justinian, I think in the fourth century, uh, who took it out because he was, uh, he saw himself as a ruler of the Catholic Church. And he wanted everybody to believe in this church. And he was a boss and he was, he was, he banned reincarnation. He tried to ban it initially, but then the Pope said, no ways. This is the, the real teaching of Christ is including reincarnation. So 10 years later, then finally it was signed into law in Istanbul and Constantinople at the time. And it was the emperor who banned the teaching of reincarnation, which was taught until that time everywhere. And unfortunately, all those Christian churches, which split later off from the Catholic Church, never really corrected this mistake. And it's very clear why Christ taught the reincarnation, because everything makes suddenly sense. And also, the church suddenly, after they'd banned it, they had sort of, they suddenly didn't know, uh, and they couldn't really explain clearly where does the soul come from, and uh, do we exist before birth, or do we exist after birth, and after death, and so on. All these things are very vague now. But it was very clear before with reincarnation. So Christ definitely taught reincarnation. There are several quotes in the Bible which, which hint on that uh, truth. And when we understand reincarnation, that means that our soul comes back here many, many times, then everything makes sense why somebody is rich, why somebody is poor, when somebody is in power, somebody is disempowered, victim, victimhood, etc., etc. Everything makes sense because everything is just sort of a result of past deeds or misdeeds, better to say, we call them sins, which are now uh, showing themselves in the lives of everybody else with difficulties, challenges, and opportunities to grow. And basically return back to our originally divine state of being. We all are divine state of being. We don't have to become divine. We were divine. And that is our original state of being, which is love. Selfless love, unconditional, all-inclusive, and all-embracing love. And that's what we are. And we are going back to this. We have to remember who we are. So we basically all we have to do, it's not simple, but it's all we have to do is let go of our soul burden, which is called karma, and overcome. And we do this through forgiveness and forgiving others. And if we have done something wrong, we try to make amends and ask for forgiveness and so on. So by clearing our path, we will then slowly go back into the higher vibration and finally into the highest vibration, which is love, because everything in this universe is nothing but energy and vibration and frequency, as Einstein said. So we are as well. And where we want to be is if we want to be on a higher frequency, which is love, then we must work on ourselves to let go of our lower frequency, which is our soul burden, and slowly purify ourselves and come higher. Yes. And I call that in my work, the small mind of the ego, which I want to talk about when we come back. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a little break. Thanks for joining us tonight with Hans Wilhelm. And I'm Dr. Dow. Always so good to see you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
trainings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back. I'm Dr. George Andow, for those just joining us. And this is a journey through into awareness. And we're here tonight with Hans Wellham. So before we took our break, we were looking at briefly, I touched upon uh, ego, the small mind of the ego, which gets in our way. And um, the reason I brought that up is, you know, part of my work um, I speak a lot uh, to my patients about in our work to be able to identify what it is in our pre-talking stages and how it is reenacted in our contemporary life. 10% of our consciousness is conscious. The other 90%, we're asleep. We're sleepwalking through life. And that when a patient talks to me about or reveals to me their contemporary life, I get to see so much of what went on with them pre-talking, which is what we carry and live out of from what I call the small minds of the ego. It's our undeveloped self that, refuses due to resistances to do things differently, see a broader uh, way of looking at things, a broader perception to stay with our limited perceptions, which most of the time are distortions. So I know you have a powerful um, podcast video on projection and ego. Can you talk about that one? Well, the ego for me, and I made a video on that one, is basically a, a tool, so to speak, to keep our physical body alive. Very simple. Because our ego identifies totally with our physical life, with our body. And whenever we are threatened with our body and so on, whenever we, somebody threatens us and so on, it's basically a threat of our body right. and our comfort. And we don't want to give up our comfort. So when our body and as well as our comfort is threatened, then our ego jumps in and says, don't do this, don't do this, this is all there is. Our ego does not know, if it does have a knowing, um, that we are spiritual being and are only That's in right. this phys- physical body for an average of 25,000 days, which is nothing. Every time we come here, it's tiny, 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 short little, little visit. But we do need uh, something to keep our body alive. An ego can warn us if there's a tiger around the corner or whether we get sick and so on, yes. do something to our body. And so I'm not uh, against ego as such, but we must unfortunately over time we here have become identify ourselves with our body. And therefore we have also identified ourselves with our ego, but we are not our body. That's just basically like a car, a vehicle we drive in. And that's where the big problems come, that we are see ourselves as a one-time event here. This lifetime is only one lifetime. We do not know, or very few know, that we live many times. 
And therefore, we make the best of it and we want to have it most comfortable and most enjoyable. And if other people have to suffer because of my preferences and my strengths and my power, they'll go, I go for it. I want to be have the biggest piece of the pie. This is my ego, so self-centered and self-satisfying. So but that's know. not our purpose here. No, that's not why not. we're here, no. is my point. No, no. So the ego distracts us because uh, we are easily identified with our body, with our body and uh, the image which we have presenting to the outside world. What uh, we identify that is also part of the ego. So all these things over lifetimes, uh, in, in a lifetime, whenever we make judgment, whenever we see something, something happens to us. Anything that is occurs in our life is stored in us as a picture. Every memory is basically a picture, and can, every judgment is a picture, every program, every addiction, everything is our pictures, pictures. And that become our life movie. And that life movie runs in our head all the time, all the time, all the time. And we then see and look out into the world, and basically we see nothing else than our life movie out there. The outside world is nothing but a mirror of ourselves, of what goes on in our own head. Eckhart Tolle says it so nicely, he says, uh, the, the primary reality is the one in our head, and the secondary reality is outside of our head. So the secondary reality depends is totally dependent on the primary reality. We decide what we want to see or what we do see. That's very difficult for many people to believe that somewhere out there should be the word which, uh, which I actually basically created, not only created, but also my response to it. Two people can look at a third person and everybody sees something totally different in that person. Yeah. That's why we individually see everything, our world, very individually. Yeah. And whatever we see and whatever gives us emotional charge upsets us, makes us angry and even absolutely elated is something that is in us. Yes. That is a sign that we have somewhere along the line light against love. We have some something acted against the law of love. And I don't mean the love that between two people. I mean the selfless divine love, which we are all made of, which I mentioned earlier. So in uh, all the emotions that we have, the stirrings, the upsetness, and so on, it's nothing but signals for us to Look at this. Look at this. Why do you have this judgment? What is this person reflecting back to us? What is this situation reflecting back to us? Why are you upset about the wars on the television screen, etc.? Everything is happening in you. What kind of wars are you fighting within yourself? And when we understand that the outside world is really nothing else but a mirror of ourselves, a lot of things change when we deeply understand that and we we can easily test this because uh, just ask two people how they feel about the third person and they will uh, most definitely have, or very often have very different opinions, something opposite Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm smiling because this is exactly what I work with with my patients and mm -hmm. help them work through that which is inside of them so that their perceptions, their picture enlarges and becomes much more vast, much more beyond themselves. As a matter of fact, we were having a con I have a psychoanalytical spiritual group once a month. And this was the topic last night was who and what are we recognizing goes on in the voice in our heads, the voice in our heads. You know, and, you know, really, I think a, 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 an even larger question would be, what do I identify with when I can observe what goes on in my head? Because we all set these uh, opinions that we place on ourselves that causes so much suffering that I am this, I am that, I have to identify with this, I have to identify with that. And when we don't, we just are miserable four days, weeks, months, and it's such a lie. It's such a lie, and there's no freedom in that. And Jesus came to bring us a whole new consciousness, well, to show us a whole new consciousness. So, yeah, to make us aware about the, 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 the programs which we are, uh, and the lies, basically, we talk, tell ourselves that we are basically the lies always, I'm special, I'm better. 
Right. That's basically, and even if even if it's a negative way, it's basically the same thing. It's I'm no good. I'm no good. It's the same thing, just in the reverse. Exactly. It's just it's the right. same energy behind it. Yeah. But I am I, because I'm I'm the poorest. I'm the worst one of them. You all and so on. With that, we have already put ourselves above others. Whenever we judge other people, of course, we do this only because we feel low about ourselves. And when we understand who we truly are, divine being, and everybody else is equally valuable as we are, and in the other person is also God or Christ, and you are basically judging or putting down Christ or God, then maybe something may click and <laughs> says, let's not do this so much, because the other person is only my angel coming into my life and reflecting back to me what I have to clear up in myself. I have to work on myself. So anybody who gives us a hard time is an angel in disguise. And the thing is also that many of, very often people who are in our life, in our family and so on, who are really very difficult, are particularly souls who most likely have signed up in a soul contract prior our arrival here on earth that they will be with us in this lifetime and give us a hard time so that we finally learn lesson x which is very often the lesson of love or lesson forgiveness or compassion or whatever it is without that rubbing that polishing that grinding the diamond cannot shine and we need these grinders, these polishers, and these cutters in our life to really so that we shine. We can also be upset about it, and we can, poor me, poor me, and I'm a victim, and all said of then, and then, of course, we make it worse. But when we take the challenge and I see what it is, that this is a basically a great opportunity for growth, that everything changes. Absolutely. And... What ways, and, and we need to take a break momentarily, what ways do you recommend for people to awaken? Because we can, we can talk about this, and we can um, bring this to people, but unless people face, first, face what's going on, until people really face what is going on in their heads, what their perceptions are. I don't know if there's going to be uh, much of a chance for change. I mean, who am I to say that? God can change it. But that is what I am thinking of and would like to address when we come back. We'll be right back with Hans Wilhelm. Thank you for joining us tonight. We'll be right back. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, Empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. 
They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to A Journey Through Into Awareness. We're here tonight with Hans Willem. So my point was, what we were talking about is that everyone that approached Jesus, he could see what they needed, but yet they had to name it and claim it. Unless we can see what we have going on to awake so that we can awaken to where we are and move through it to reach a point of inner peace, transcendence for serving one another and God. How do you go about just, we can't just say, bing, I see clearly now. I said earlier, whenever we do something against the law of love, that is what we call soul burden or karma. And that is stored not only in our body and our soul cells, as well as in the repository planets and stars of the the, uh, material and semi-material cosmoses. That's basically like a computer, like iCloud, where all our karma is stored. And they constantly shift. And they move, and when they are full or in a certain constellation, they send this karma back to us, either in this lifetime or in a future lifetime. So every day, basically, our day is consisting of nothing else than the reaping of what we have sown, sowing and reaping law, Christ spoke, um, in the past. So every instant we have today, the negative uh, interaction with our neighbor, this awful email we got, this uh, the, the the phone call from a, from our mother, etc., etc. Day to day, everything is coming back to us as small little components of the day. So at every given day, every moment, we have the opportunity for enlightenment, basically in small increments. So every time this negative neighbor, how can we turn this around to love? This email, how can we turn this around to love? What is it in me, what I have to clear up to have a better relationship with my mother, etc., etc., etc. So what we have to do is be aware in the here and now. Another word for God is now. Because the only time we can do anything, whether it's enlightenment or disenlightenment or whatever, is in the now. And that now is prepared by us and also for us from moment to moment during our waking hours. So we all have these little instances, hundreds, thousands a day, where we are having an emotional reaction to something which can tell us, Oh, this is not an order. What can I do here to make this right? What is this here? So it's given in small pieces. To enlighten means basically we have to eat the whole loaf of bread in one going. No, we are giving it slice by slice and very easy to digest. And everything is carefully not orchestrated, but also measured to our strength so that we never get are given too much, which would bring us over the top and uh, sort of have a negative effect. So everything is carefully and lovingly specially set up for us. And again, it's set up by ourselves because we are the originator of all these instances which come to us from other people or from life or from any other source. So am I, am I hearing you say that before, that before we incarn- re- reincarnated here, that we created like a contract of how it would go? 
before we incarnated in my video life before birth i show very clearly that we are you advised by our spirit guides how our future life more lives will be we know what we have to overcome we may have to learn compassion more love more forgiveness whatever it is so our life will be shown like a riverbed and in the riverbed there will be difficult situations and they will tell us and says look this is a very challenging situation you will have this challenge and this challenge and we will know that this challenge can be very very tough but because of our goal becoming divine again we say, we say yes everybody is here on earth and has said yes to all the difficulties they are experiencing as terrible as it might sound but we have agreed to a prior incarnation so when we have said yes to it and sometimes other souls come with us and says look i i will help you to make this for instance a person with a handicap comes with another soul says i will be your mother and help you and help you and see you through this handicap so that you can let go of this uh, this karma etc so there are souls around us who come with us to help us and we come also there to help them for various reasons so it's rather very much interwoven kind of thing and we all are here and we have we know our challenges the destiny the fate blows of fate that we have in our life the illness etc etc that is predetermined by ourselves but every time when we face them we now have the free will of how we deal with it that's where the freedom comes in every moment there's something hitting us we have the freedom to either take it as a stumbling stone or a stepping stone. So I'm sure if there's people listening that have had major illness in their life and major surgical experiences, I'm sure this is hard for them to hear. Well, would you rather like to be a victim? Just imagine No, <laughs> I I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. But I'm talking about people that maybe are not on this path. I understand because the churches have taken out the teaching of reincarnation. That's where the big problem is. And when we understand that an illness is nothing else than a flowing out of karma, you are free of that. It's done like a big debt on your bank account is suddenly eliminated. Wow! I know it's painful. I know it's awful. But it is a blessing to be able to do it here on earth. Because if um, if we also continue ex to be exposed to our karma in the spiritual realm, when we no longer have a body, and then we no longer have the buffer of a physical body, and anything that we experience in the physical world as souls, our karma is far harder and more difficult to feel, and it's much more painful. So here on Earth, we have this incredible buffer called our body, and we can take medicine, and we can do a lot of stuff to heal it and make it less painful. So in everything is a blessing and everything is God, because that is the basis of everything. If we focus on God, on the good, on the divine in everything, then the ideas of victim and so on, victimhood, etc. won't be there. Because there are, in truth, there are no victims, because we are all living our own life movie. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Absolutely, uh, Hans. There's no such thing as victim. You know, it's funny because I had a, I had my spine reconstructed twice mm. in this life, um, a congenital situation, not an accident. And I could feel in me, not knowing why, I could feel in me that somehow, some way, um, this had a purpose here. Mm -hmm. And that I was going to be freed from something, even mm -hmm. though I didn't know know what. I did definitely believe that, and and still do, Perfect. still do, and never thought of myself at all as a victim. Went through it, if I do say so myself, like a trooper, and it was really hell yeah. to go through, you know. I'd like to add something. Uh, two weeks ago, Bill Ma on a show had Kelly Megan from Fox on it, and she was the one who started this Me Too kind of, not direct, she didn't start it, but it was started around her, the Me Too movement. And she said quite clearly, I never saw myself as a victim. I refused to see myself as a victim. I was a target, but I was not a victim. The moment we buy into the victimhood tendency, we basically give off all our energy and give it over to the victimizer, whoever it is. And I found this very interesting. Yes, there is horrible stuff happening to a lot of people. And there are what we call abuser and victimizers and so on. But when we see it from a distant point, it makes no sense. And the other thing is also, I think, very important when we see somebody being abused, hurt on any form of fashion, and we can do something about it, that's when our free will has to step in and we have to do something. 
happening. We have to stop it. Absolutely. Nobody is supposed to be a punching ball of somebody else. That's right. That is not right. That's right. Even if it's speak up. Yes, whatever, whatever is, whatever is, is appropriate. Is. Yes. Absolutely. You have so many podcasts. I love them all. Do you have one that's your, that you really, when you were creating it, that you really felt you, like you loved it? Uh, I think one which puts it very nicely together, it's called The Amazing Earth School, School the, the Amazing Earth School, where I basically say whatever we have shared here already and show it in illustrations of how it all works and how we prepare and how we are here for less than 800,000 hours. That's a very short visit, and we just uh, should make the best of it. And unfortunately, we are trained here with a lot of New Age teaching that we have all our wishes fulfilled and uh, get the best life yes. and so on. But that's all getting, getting, getting. We are not here to get. We are here to become. Right. You know, I've always, uh, I've always been touched inside that the only thing we ever take with us when we leave here is what we've given. To others, yeah. What we have given away. The only what thing we... Given that's away. Really, yeah. That's true. What we've given away. Well, we take also our nonsense with us. Unfortunately, all the, all the mistakes we have made, we take them with us. out. They are our karma. And yes, they, they are unfortunately with us too. But the good things is all the stuff we have given away because it is selfless love. And even, you know, even in the work I do, you know, because I'm a, I have a very strong conscience and I'm always checking in with myself um, and my, my, my God. Um, you know, helping people, you know, this is why I'm created the show, helping people open to become more awake, aware to go through. That's why this is called the journey through to awareness, to go through that, which is in the way, what appears to be in the way to get us further along on our journey to awaken. It's not just for us. It is because of the whole picture of how we are God's eyes, hands, heart, mind here to serve as servants for one another. It is not a self-help. It's not self-help. And that's what I love also about you saying yes to being here with me tonight, with us tonight, because you're not selling anything. You're not selling a book. As much as that's great, you're not selling a book. I, I bought one. some of you. <laughs> I bought some of your books, and of course, we all need to make a living. But you're not here to sell a book. And no, everything is free. Everything is beautiful. It's just beautiful. We'll be right back with Hans Wilhelm. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to A Journey Through. I'm Dr. George Andow, and we're here tonight with Hans Wilhelm. So, you know, you've you've really uh, done a lot of traveling. You lived in Bali and England and Spain. Um, it's great. You know, it's one of the things that I always love about people that come from Europe is that going from country to country is, for them, is like us going from state to state. You know, for me to go to New Jersey is like, you know, you going from Germany to England, you know. That's true. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The cultures are all so different. So, um, yeah, I think there is just so much here and, um, you know, so much to reflect on for all of us, really all of us. What Hans? You look deep in thought. No, <laughs> no. I just—it's—it's uh, basically—it's uh, the whole path sounds very difficult, but basically, God is uh, incredible simplicity. It is really ingenious simplicity, and when we really look at it, how it all fits together, it's not overwhelming at all. And if we take it in small little bit pieces every day, as I've mentioned earlier, it's all manageable. It's all makeable. We can all do that. And it is simple to understand these laws and so on. And it's what I teach here is not from any kind of organization. Actually, I don't teach. I merely illustrate what has been given to us in in great detail from the divine worlds and in something which has most most people are not even aware of all these details. I'm just making a new one on dreams, a new video. Uh, a lot of information which is pretty unknown. for me. But when we see it, it all fits together like a big jigsaw puzzle. And that is the wonderful thing. So uh, I also invite everybody else to firstly question everything, what you hear and even what I say, question it and doubt it, whatever, but try it out. And that is for me, the proof is in the pudding for me has always been that if it works, it's great. It works. It makes me feel uh, more more peaceful, I would say. I wouldn't say more better always, but but more peaceful. And I think the key is God is absolute stillness, is peace. God is in us. I have got a wonderful meditation, anybody's interested, 15 minutes about God within. And when we really do this and you feel the incredible quiet power in ourselves, and when we can always go to that power, which is in us, we don't have to go even to churches or anywhere else. We have everything in us. That is where the strength is. So we have the strength. We have got everything which we need. We have got the golden rule. If we live by that, do unto others as you want to do them, or other way around, do not do to others what you don't want to do. We have the Ten Commandments and the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount. And these are basically steps very clearly there to slowly undo these components, which I said earlier, don't cheat, don't lie, etc. the Ten Commandments. And uh, then slowly we will move in the right direction and stop being this self-centered, egoistic person, which we, most of us, used to be and still are. I am. <laughs> yeah, but you see, what you just did is so powerful because I always say, you know, the only difference, uh, Hans, is those of us that know that we're self-centered and those that are still unconscious to the fact that they're self-centered, what you know, once you know, now you have even more of a responsibility because you've awakened, you know, to not act out of it. All feelings are fine, but our attitudes and how we live out of that is what matters. Yeah, our motivation. So what we do, why are we doing this? Why are we doing anything? What is the motivation behind it? Is this only to gratify our ego, ourselves, our glory? Or is it really for another higher and selfless purpose? And another word for love is selflessness or service. Service. 
Uh, and yet, what you said earlier, the only thing we take along in good things is what we gave away. The service is basically, and this is something which we haven't really discovered so much in our materialistic world, is the purpose of service. It immediately goes into socialism and all those kind of things drawn. It may, it may be negative to help others and serve others. Um, and particularly, say, the ego uh, is put so strongly here in our foreground that we have to, um, uh, we ourselves have to make the best life for ourselves. And that's where the problem is. Yes. Yes, that is a big problem. And we all have plenty to live a little bit more simply. Mm-hmm. We can all live a little bit more simply. Yeah. I'm deep in thought tonight. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm deep in thought. I'm thinking about my work, my patience, um, my life, you know, and my commitment to um, my commitment to all of you listening and to God. You know, that's my commitment. So um, I don't really believe that anything is an accident either. I don't believe in accidents. I think that um, unconsciously we create pretty much what you are saying. I'm just saying it in a different way, I think. Unconsciously or consciously, depending on where we are in our journey, we create our lives. And, uh, you know, um, I tripped and fell down the stairs a while ago and fractured my foot. And uh, my supervisor and analyst said to me, how many times in your life have you gone up and down the stairs? <laughs> I said, yeah, I get it. You know, he goes, well, you know, what was going on that you tripped now? You know, it's and the then, right. finding out in the moment. Yeah, right. Finding and defining. To- to, to wake up in the moment when we have this emotion, this experience, because everything which everything is talking to us, everything is speaking to us. When we go in nature, every bush, every grass, uh, bed of grass, everything is basically speaking to us. And basically, everybody says basically the word who we are and come home, come home, come back to that inner peace, who you truly are. And everybody is, if we were totally surrounded by helpful spirits, maybe our guardian spirit. And also by seeing ourselves in the outside world, we are continuously reminded what we still have to clear up and what we have to sort out. And as you said earlier, there are no accidents. This is true. We can either create the incident by our focused thinking or worrying or concern. And of course, these things take place. Or we have created in a previous lifetime and that comes back to us. But in both cases, it's here for us to wake up. And we can either then feel bad about ourselves and curse and whatever we do, or we can say, uh-huh, like you did. It says there's something here, why I fell off the uh, stumble on that uh, staircase. And what is it? And then look into this, because everything has a message. Everything. 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 There are no accidents. That's right. No coincidences. No accidents. Mm-hmm. And... Where, when you sit and you meditate or pray, where do you feel your guidance from coming from? Where in your body do you feel it? I don't, I don't think I can answer that. Where in my body, I feel it surrounded. I feel surrounded in uh, in a kind of what a light you may call it, and there comes there's a total feeling of being secure in this light, and I don't know whether the guidance comes from it. Um, that comes sometimes to do meditation or deep, uh, really connecting with the other side and asking questions. And sometimes I get the answers, but I would say I feel myself rather in this kind of protective light, uh, than it doesn't necessarily come from a certain part in my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a lot of people focus very much on breath mm-hmm. and breathing. Mm-hmm. And concentrating on focusing breath in certain parts of the body. Just wondering what you would this, think. Yeah, the, the breathing is very important to, to really calm down and to be, bring the breath right, right down into our body and to calm ourselves this way and then slowly, yeah. This, all these are little things which help. Anything of these things helps. As long as it doesn't become ritual, the moment we bind ourselves to a ritual, wherever it comes from, from our daily life, from our celebration, from our holidays, from churches, 
we are binding ourselves again. And our idea is here on life is to become free again. This and the is ritual is only a crutch and throw it away. Throw it away the moment you can walk without it. Oh, that's so important what you just said right now. So many people that I know that are listening need to hear this, including myself. That is so powerful. I made a so, video on that one, I made, on, on rituals and, and uh, ceremonies and so on. You may enjoy that one. Thank you. I will. And um, Hans, if you were going to, uh, we have just a couple of minutes left. If you were going to uh, give the uh, give listeners one uh, idea um, to take with them, what would that be? First thing comes to drive. This is another topic, but it's gratefulness. Be grateful that you are alive, that you're sitting there where you are, your body and everything, even if things are not working out you want, but be grateful, grateful, grateful. And if you can't be grateful, it says, God, I am willing to become grateful and feel the gratefulness slowly rising in you for whatever you can think of. Think of a person who is in your life you're grateful for. Think of any anything. Think about the computer or whatever you have at the moment, because hundreds of thousands of people have worked on this computer and get, put it into your, into your room. Everything what you have, what you possess is done by thousands of people and everything everybody helped you to be where you are right now gratefulness gives you the greatest energy to calm yourself and put yourself onto a higher vibration Hans. and if you have got a question then come to watch go to youtube watch hans wilhelm channel yes. and watch, watch the little videos watch, <laughs> right lifeexplained.com hans wilhelm there's so much to see and embrace Hans, from my heart, I can't thank you enough for saying yes and being on the show with us tonight. I thank you for having invited me. It was an absolute delight and meeting you personally, Georgian. Oh, absolutely. And I want to thank Sam and um, everyone that's involved in making the show, producing this show. I just really am very appreciative to all of you. So thank you so much for listening, for being here. God bless you for you. And good night. Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. you listeners looking to boost your business why not advertise on talk radio nyc with very reasonable rates interested simply send us a message on our website talkradio.nyc do you love or are you intrigued about new york city and its neighborhoods i'm jeff goodman host of rediscovering new york a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.